0: going to be a further headwind for markets because chinese markets are already underperforming at the moment uh, other global markets aren't they
1: yeah you know the the chinese stock markets are always they're, they're always just so tough to call because there's so many additional factors that go into controlling their movement they're, they're definitely undervalued right now um but you know i i think that as consumer as retail investors especially start feeling a little bit more comfortable and they are now. I think you're going to see more money going into the markets, and you, you probably will start seeing a little bit better performance. And that will be doubly true uh, if the the tech titans start start to perform well. You know, even if they're listed globally, I think that's going to sort of be a signal to to investors uh, in China as well.
0: Ben, thanks very much indeed. Have a good week. That's Ben Cavender, Principal at the China Market Research Group up in Shanghai. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Let's have another look at the markets for this morning. Uh, In Australia, first of all, the SX200 is down 0.2%. Similar story for the Nikkei 225 in Japan. Uh, The Cosby moving up just slightly, up 0.1%. Futures markets indicating a flat start for the Hang Seng uh, this morning. Looks like it'll open at around about uh, 28,650 or so. And then in the commodities markets, uh, Brent crude oil up slightly this morning at $63.00. 36 cents a barrel, uh, but gold falling a little bit at $1,742 an ounce. Stay tuned for back chat with Hugh Chiverton and Mike Rouse after the news. The weather forecast today cloudy periods, mainly fine during the day, maximum temperature of around 28 degrees, and then the outlook mainly fine tomorrow. Hot during the day, uh, cloudy with a few rain patches in the middle and latter parts of this week. It's 23 degrees right now, 85% relative humidity. here's Samantha Butler with the half-hour news.
2: More than a dozen people who say they're victims of forced confessions broadcast on Chinese television have signed a letter urging a European satellite operator to stop mainland state-run broadcasts. The signatories include a former British consulate staffer in Hong Kong as well as the daughter of jailed Hong Kong bookseller Guimin Hai. Mike Weeks reports. The
0: 13 signatories urge European satellite operator UTELSAT to reconsider carrying Chinese channels CGTN and CCTV4. Published by human rights watchdog Safeguard Defenders, it details violations the signatories say China is guilty of to exhort confessions and refuse the right to a fair trial. The letter notes Australian public broadcaster SBS stopped using content from Chinese state-run television in March. Britain also fined and banned CGTN for partiality, which pushed the channel to set up in France. The signatories include Chinese human rights lawyers Bao Longjun and Jiang Tian Yong, as well as Simon Cheng, a former British consulate staffer here, who was granted asylum in the UK after accusing mainland police of torturing him into confessing he visited prostitutes in Shenzhen.
2: Researchers in Brazil say more than half the patients with COVID-19 in intensive care are under 40. The Brazilian Association of Intensive Care Medicine said more younger patients were arriving with no pre-existing conditions and were developing more severe cases of the virus. Here's the BBC's Candice Peart. Speaking for the association, Dr. Eda long said the number of people under 40 in intensive care units with COVID-19 had risen to more than 50% of the total in March. Dr. Hazengi said there were various factors that could explain this. Brazil had already vaccinated all over 80-year-olds, so this group didn't need intensive care in such large numbers. Another cause was the circulation of a more infectious COVID-19 variant, which has been driving a record increase in daily death rates. Younger people also had jobs, he said, and took greater risks. 83-year-old Sir Anthony Hopkins has won the Best Male Actor Award at the BAFTAs, Britain's Most Prestigious Film Awards. He's the oldest man to pick up the prize, which he won for his role as an elderly dementia sufferer in The Father. Director Remy Weeks gave his acceptance speech after winning a BAFTA for Outstanding Debut by a British writer, director or producer over Zoom.
3: Most importantly, I want to thank my family and my friends. So I guess this is for the
0: immigrants and the migrants and the asylum seekers, the black and brown and queer people who have nurtured me and have lifted me up throughout my life. Thank you.
2: You're listening to the news on RTHK.
4: Good morning and welcome to Bank Chat. I'm Hugh and your co-host. Today's Mike Rouse. Mike, good morning to you. Good morning, Hugh. Today, latest COVID developments and we'll be focusing on staycation delights. The health secretary said on Friday the government will delay shipments of AstraZeneca's COVID-19 vaccine this year amid mounting concerns over possible links with blood clots. And a government advisor yesterday urged the administration not to relax social distancing measures yet, saying any resurgence could end the hopes of the SAR to resume travel with the mainland and with other places. Well, what do you think of the AstraZeneca uh, decision? What should people watch out for when they're considering different types of vaccines? And what do you think of the announcement uh, that the uh, $5,000 vouchers will be, should be going ahead this summer? And then after 9.15, we're going to be discussing the Tourism Board's Staycation Delights programme. There was a technical glitch on Friday, that seems to be ironed out. What difference will it make to the hotel industry uh, in Hong Kong? Let us know your thoughts, your questions and your comments. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Bank Chat and RTHK Radio 3. You can email us Chat at rthk.hk or you can call us on the number is 233 88266. That's 233 88266 if you want to talk to uh, any of our doctors. Uh, we have uh, two medical doctors with us until Uh, 915. Uh, I should stress that uh, neither of them are speaking on behalf of of the administration. Uh, Dr Alvin Chan is uh, co-chair of the Advisory Committee on Communicable Diseases of the Hong Kong uh, Medical uh, Association, but he doesn't represent the administration in any shape or form, I should stress that. He's he's here as a doctor. And uh, also with us is uh, Dr Pam Pei Cho, who's uh, vice-chair of the Federation of Trade Unions uh, as well, and of course a former former legislator. Uh, Also going to be talking to uh, Brian King about uh, the hotel issues later in the programme once again our email is backchat at rthk.hk. We've got a, a, as usual a kind of host of uh, different topics, uh, some related to our discussion uh, last week uh, Robin says, let's clear up some of those, uh, Robin says a listener recently recommended a COVID-19 documentary from the Epoch Times I just wanted to point out this is a Falun Gong news outlet so I will be very wary of the way they represent China in their work. I don't support any abuse of Falun Gong practitioners, but their own propaganda arm is quite despicable itself. A band of reverse 50 centres, if you will. Uh, NDTV is cut from the same cloth, so I would steer clear of them as well. That is uh, from Robin. And we were talking about discrimination in the uh, anti-Asian discrimination in the UK, And the US uh, on Friday, Herman says, uh, any discrimination, whether by non-Asians against Asians or vice versa, by Asians against other Asians, and especially by locals against mainlanders, is unacceptable. So it was a bit sad to hear some of the amazingly tone-deaf comments on Friday's show. Yes, Asians are being attacked because it's their own fault for being Asian. What's next? Will the UK government, as part of its Hong Kong UK Welcome Programme, settle new Hong Kong residents in Bristol and Belfast? Because more Asians will rejuvenate those sites of recent riots. That's uh, from Herman. Uh... Alan says, Mike stated, this was uh, Mike, the uh, caller Mike, Mike stated that uh, as the Spanish flu originated in Spain, so we should call COVID-19 the China virus. Factually, he's wrong. The 1917 Spanish flu most likely originated in the USA. And China virus is a dumb term simply because there are so many viruses from China in the last decades that it would be confusing, let alone the obvious racist intent of the proponents of the term. As for the lack of balance for Steve Vines, uh, Nuri Vitaji has a regular segment on a Saturday show in which he spreads pro-blue propaganda. Now, what balances him? That's from uh, Alan. Uh, Nuri no longer does that. Uh, Alan, it's just Steve on his own, uh, as I was saying uh, last week, which is why he's been promoted to uh, a better job uh, on Backchat. That's right, Mike, isn't well,
5: it? I felt better ever since you said that on air because I'm already a co-host.
4: <laughs> so You're feeling empowered, though. I'm feeling
5: empowered. Right. And, and again yesterday, and I think I should say this, on a tribute to yourself on air that you had the jab yesterday. I did, yes. And so did I. Yes. And we both had the same one, I think, the Biontech.
4: Yes, we did. There well, we did, are, yeah. there
5: we are. We've set a good example. We're empowered and we're doing good.
4: Right, and <laughs> we'll try not to keel over during the programme. <laughs> OK. <laughs> Uh, Andrew Kay, also on the uh, the BNO arrivals in the the UK, says, uh, how about you ask the refugees if they're happy to pay full UK taxes? That's from uh, uh, Andrew Kay. Uh, Dr. Pampecho, good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you very much indeed for, yeah. for for joining us. So I think we had three, was it three local cases yesterday? Quite a, a no number, but still not zero. Still not, still not, um, you know, uh, zero cases. Um, what do you think of uh, the way we, it's going? An overview, basically, of, of uh, our success or failure at the moment.
6: Okay. Now I I uh, now I, I think that. Uh uh, we are pre- doing quite well, actually, in terms of controlling the coronavirus uh, uh, ha- ha- epidemic. Uh, and uh, if you look at, say, other countries and, uh, say, eyes to Hong Kong, or the population, then we I think we are doing very well. Especially considering that uh, uh, here we are so densely populated, where people live in uh, very close to each other. Uh, so I, I I think we have to uh, say. Uh, uh, give a thumbs up right to the government right uh, in uh, say uh, managing this. Um, but I think that I agree with uh, the experts. Although I'm not working in the field right, uh, but I do uh, agree with the experts that uh, it's still uh, not uh, ready right to uh, to uh, loosen the, the the measures right, this social distancing and, and other measures. So uh, that, that's we still have to be cautious right.
5: Dr. Penn, where, where do you think we are with the different vaccines now? Because the reputation of them seems to go up and down. I mean, once. That's, uh, that's right. When, yeah. the, when the Queen had the AstraZeneca, I think everyone uh, was saying, well, if the British doctors recommended that for her, you know, it's okay, pop- pop- yeah. it should be safe for me. And that was but now, what, of course.
4: What did it, Philip get?
5: <laughs> <laughs> yes, why? You and 99, well, I think. It's pretty, but then the Sinovac oh. one, which actually my personal doctor recommended. I uh, see now that the mainland is a mainland spokesman quoted in the Financial Times today, saying that mm-hmm. the, the first shot is a very very low protection, maybe as low as three percent, and it only gets mm-hmm. over fifty percent after the second shot. So that's right. What's yeah. happening? What, what's what's going on? Where do you see this?
6: The the way I see it is that uh, it uh, first of all uh, say it does requires. two two doses of vaccination, right, in order to be effective, to be reasonably effective. I think from the uh, Brazilian uh, study results, right, uh, they actually reached something like 50-something, right, uh, percentage of uh, protection against uh, all levels of severity of uh, the coronavirus infection, right. But as, as far as, uh, say, a serious infection, right, that means cases, are uh, people who require to go to hospital, right, mm. uh, that is considered serious infection, uh, the protection was, uh, uh, 100%, right, in the Brazilian study. I think in the Turkish, uh, uh study, they, the results are, are somewhat better than, the, than the Brazilian one. Uh, but still, right, as compared to the, say, uh, to the, um, uh, the, the, um, uh, uh the 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 Pfizer one right uh it's uh it's uh 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 the the, the Pfizer one offers uh greater protection right uh, against uh having or any level of infection right so this is as far as protection is concerned but on the other hand I think uh generally uh it's agreed that uh the uh coronavirus uh, the, the 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 chinese vaccine uh the Coronavac, is uh, uh seems to produce less side effects right for the ordinary people right mm. so a lot of people uh, who have received the injection said they uh so uh they they don't uh, notice any any uh, effect at all right any any side effect at all right? they just carry on with their usual daily uh, day life um, uh, but for the, the, uh, the Pfizer one, uh, seems that the more people, uh, quite a lot of people are actually reporting some, uh, side effects, uh, some after effects, or rather put it, uh, say, like, uh, having fever, having, say, uh, very tired and, uh, local, uh, pain and tenderness, right, over the site of the injection. But that in general, I think it's, uh, uh Probably not worse than uh ordinary say like uh uh, uh ordinary cold right uh or upper tract infection that kind of uh discomfort right so uh uh most of the people that I come across who have the injection says it's generally quite tolerable right it just maybe the next day you take a rest right so it's it's gone in about one to two days. I think both uh vaccines are acceptable as far as I am concerned.
5: What's the feedback on Johnson and Johnson because that's the other big one isn't it uh
6: the Johnson and Johnson one is not available here as yet, right, and uh I think it's the one that uh that will only require one injection right as far as i remember yes, that's right uh, so it seems to be to be uh quite tolerable right so uh, and it's quite effective so. I hope it can be introduced to Hong Kong, right, uh, yeah. sometime later, right?
5: My daughter had that one in California, and she said I see. for the first uh, day afterwards, you are pretty much out of it, but very quickly recover after that.
6: Yeah, And yeah. it's one and done, yeah.
5: so that's the advantage of it.
4: Okay, here's an email from uh, Matthew which goes into, into more detail about the, um, yeah, the concerns about uh, Sinovac uh, in particular. Uh, the director of the China Centre for Disease Control, Gao Fu, stated at a conference on Saturday that, quote, Chinese vaccines don't have very high protection rates. It's now under formal consideration whether we should use different vaccines from different technical lines for the immunisation process, unquote. That's quite an admission, says Matthew, but of course AP reports he was unavailable when they contacted him him for comments so I guess he may not be heard from for a while. This obviously includes the Sinovac vaccine chosen by the CCP's Hong Kong government to administer to people here which has an efficacy rate in the low 50 percent range compared to BioNTech which is above 90 percent and it's yet to release its data or even be approved by the WHO. I would like to know if the medical experts on this morning's program agree with the director or the China CDC and if so do they think this demands any action or adjustment in Hong Kong's vaccination program like those he suggests for the Mainland. Also, given this advice, does it make sense for the mainland to continue to insist that visa applicants have taken a China produced vaccine? That uh, comment is uh, from Matthew. Uh, Dr. Chan, good morning to you. Yes. Good morning, Dr. Chan. I should say, he's a co-chair of the Advisory Committee on Communicable Diseases of the uh, Medical Association, but not representing the the, uh, the administration. What, what do you make of this kind of latest developments? So we've got um, AstraZeneca, a, a pause on AstraZeneca. We've got a sort of this question mark raised over over Sinovac. Uh, what do you think of the uh, these latest developments? Yes, I
3: think it should be based on scientific evidence, right? Um, so AstraZeneca was shown to have a uh, relation to, uh, the, um, uh, thrombotic blood clots and also thrombocytopenia. That is, uh, uh depletion of platelets in the body after vaccination in the age group of uh, less than 55 years. So that's why in um, the places uh, administrating these uh, vaccines, they would now advise that uh, these vaccines should be given to the people older than 55 years of age. Uh, And uh, I think uh, that's based on science. And uh, also because it's not effective against the South African variant. And so that's why South Africa and other places have... um, Uh, halted the vaccination of uh, AstraZeneca there so I I think of course you all notice that even the um, uh, politicians and the um, ministers in Germany also had received AstraZeneca as well first of all they uh, are people older than 55 years of age and not women and then I I think they are not in danger so much of the uh, thrombotic events that lead to death and however, I, I think uh, for Johnson and Johnson, mind you, although it's uh, okay against the South African variant and also the UK variant, and uh, uh, perhaps the Brazilian variant, but however, it's still also an adenovirus-mediated uh, vaccine. So the um, DNA also was carried by uh, adenovirus it's just that it's not a chimpanzee the adenovirus a human adenovirus so whether it would have the same effects on the uh, thrombotic um, <clears throat> embolism or the side effect of uh, astrasenega we still have to wait and see because there are already reports of uh, vaccinees after getting the johnson and johnson also develop uh, the thrombotic clots. And so we have to be careful about mm-hmm. this. And so I think if Hong Kong is to uh, switch, I, uh, that is the Hong Kong government has said that they perhaps would put on hold on the order of AstraZeneca. So I think the same Precaution should be against Johnson & Johnson as well, although it say that, uh, 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 it's said that is from the scientific data that Johnson & Johnson has a reasonable efficiency and also uh, is uh, effective against uh, variants. So another choice could be Novavax. That is another vaccine that's based on uh, the immunity against uh, the protein, spike protein. It's a totally different method. And uh, so it's also effective against the uh, South African variant and also the UK variant.
4: Do you you think, because, you know, people in Hong Kong, you know, there's quite a slow take-up. Yes, uh, very slow. Do do you think that people are actually being wise and, you know, if they wait a little bit, then they will get, then we will come up with a, a vaccine? Uh, which, is, which ticks all these boxes, which is effective, which will deal with the new variants, which perhaps is in one well, shot? And, and I, I, like think,
3: that. I think it's really uh, a big dilemma. So in delaying uh, the um, vaccination, of course, then um, it's then impossible for Hong Kong to get a herd immunity within this year or next year. So uh, that would not be good for Hong Kong. I think herd immunity is very important, a landmark for Hong Kong uh, protective uh, measures. Because, Dr Chan,
5: the the delay in the vaccination um, encourages or invites more variants, doesn't it?
3: Yes, um, because um, we so far don't have the fifth wave. Uh, We are so lucky. But you remember all our previous four waves were all inaugurated by, by the influx of some variants, and together mm-hmm. with the laxing of relaxation uh, of uh, precautionary um, measures by the government. So I think now we also had laxed uh, the measures, and people had the fatigue in the anti-pandemic measures. And then if we uh, still hesitated. In the fascination, I think uh, we opened the doors for uh, mutations for the viruses that circulating in Hong Kong community, and then for the influx of those deadly variants from South Africa, uh, Brazil, etc. Now, so far, uh, we have quite a good control in the border control and also in mitigation um, of spread by these variants in Hong Kong. But mind you, there are already almost 100 UK variants that have entered Hong Kong and almost 30 uh, South African um, people carrying the South African variants that have entered Hong Kong. But so far, because of the quarantine measure and uh, the isolation measures, These people with the variants had not spread out.
2: Mm. Um,
3: But if we have laxed ourselves and don't get the herd immunity, these dangers could really come into reality. So I hope, uh, in fact, uh, we should not hesitate in the um, steps uh, towards um, uh, picking the vaccines. Especially, I, I have to applaud you too. Uh, Hugh and Mike to have received the vaccines already, the uh, Beyond Tech, right?
5: Correct. Yep.
3: Yes. I think that's a wise choice because Israel, more than half of the population had already taken Beyond Tech, um, mostly Beyond Tech, I would say, uh, but they rarely reported very few deadly side effects and all those so called uh, after effects. Hmm. Uh, after taking the vaccines, are really tolerable and even say. I, I did. That I, yeah, minimal. I
4: did. I did hear it's a lot worse after the second one. Just anecdotally, a lot of people said that they so had, a had lot
3: that means
4: uh, uh, a bit more malaise, a mm. bit
3: more fatigue. Yes. Sometimes pain higher things. fever, muscle no, pain. A friend but told me yesterday. Was after one or two days, was
5: pretty constipated after the second one for a couple oh, really? of
3: days. Really, is that related? But, I'm but, not sure.
5: heard of that. Oh, it didn't sound like the end is, of the world to me. If mm. you miss a couple of days of <laughs> regularity, Doctor Pan, I wanted to ask you whether you read the reports about China now dipping its toe into the mRNA uh, technology.
6: No, I haven't read the report yet. Uh, I know that they're developing it, right? That's, yes. that's something I know. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's reported last year that they have
3: started the uh, research on this mRNA vaccine by the military institute um, together with the Yunnan um, uh, uh, drug company and also Suzhou drug company. And on, uh, in January, in January, they announced that they have started the plan to start the third phase and then they will manufacture the vaccines since uh, 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 later half of this year and they plan to produce uh, 0.1 billion uh, vaccines a year of this one. So uh, China is also developing mRNA technique uh, vaccines well. How many
5: vaccines are under development in the mainland or approved for use? Because someone was telling me it's not just Sinovac, it's all the Sinopharm. Sinopharm. Mm, yeah.
3: And also uh, con, uh, sin, uh, uh, the CanSino uh, as well. The CanSino is also uh, the vaccine with uh, the uh, adenovirus uh, carrying the DNA and it's exported to Mexico already. It's being in use already, the CanSino. So uh, altogether, I think Sinopharm and Sinovac, and also CanSino uh, they 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 said they said that they had produced already uh, more than uh, it, it's almost up to a billion uh, almost 0.1 billion sorry hmm. almost 0.1 billion already and uh, I heard from the news that China uh, had I mean the Chinese um, Sinovac had been used in um uh, uh, uh in almost 0.1. Uh, uh, zero, zero point, uh, one billion already that is uh, more than ten million uh, over the world, mm. and that's why uh, they always say that uh, they didn't publish the third phase trial in the international journals, but they are already doing the fourth phase trial. So but Unfortunately, without the third phase trial publication, even the WHO or other countries had not yet recognised the, um,
4: you know, the official status of that uh, That's quite unfortunate. Mm. D- Dr. Pan, uh, finally, you know, we, we have the schools are going back today, or many schools are, are going back today, uh, mm-hmm. and we've yeah. got the beaches open uh, and so on. We're gradually kind of resuming, uh, uh, you know, uh, our normal kind of uh, activities uh, in Hong Kong. Uh, are you, do you think that's going at the right pace? Do you think there's room for a, a little bit m- more generosity if we're only having a handful of cases?
6: No, I don't think so. Uh, I, I I say that uh, stay over the Easter holidays or right, and the Qingming uh, holidays uh, uh, that uh, a lot of people are going out, right? So um, if you go out to say the countryside and uh, restaurants, local restaurants, you see a lot of people there, and uh, so I think this will be uh, another opportunity for us to observe, right? Uh, whether. There will be another wave of uh rebound of the of the infection right uh so far, I think after the Chinese new year uh, there was no rebound right so that was a very good sign so let's see whether after the say extend the holiday the same thing will happen. I think we still probably need to wait for another week or two right, right. so before we can be sure. what <laughs> can the
5: government do to boost the vaccination rate the take up?
6: um I think that um um the government can think of different ways right for example uh say to give some sort of uh, uh convenience right for people to, who have the vaccination right, right? travel, uh, travel example, is the
5: obvious one people yes. want to go to Macau, they want to go to the mainland they want to go to other places but
4: well, the mainland won't let us in
5: <laughs> well now that's an interesting yeah, yeah. point if if the biontech were the, the recognized the reports are
4: the reports are that, 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 that until the zero infections
5: no i'm talking yes. about They'd recognize the Sinovac for entry. So all our members of the NPC and the CPPCC, they get vaccinated in, uh, in Shenzhen before they fly to Beijing. So why won't they accept BioNTech, if you uh, Yeah,
6: I, I think that, uh, that, that that is not uh, reasonable. I think the, the recognition should uh, go to... Uh, all the vaccines uh, we we are using, right? So the be it the, say the 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 Corona vaccine or the say Beyond one, mm. right? So uh, that that would be reasonable, right? So I think the government will have to work on that, right? So that uh, there's a mutual recognition, right, of the vaccines used in uh, say in the, in the three places: uh, Macau, Hong Kong, and uh, and the mainland.
4: Mm. Right? Uh, OK, well, uh, Pan Beecher, thank you very much indeed for, for joining us. Uh, uh, Dr Pan, also Vice-Chair of the, the Federation of Trade Unions. Dr Chan will, will stay with us. are also going to be talking about uh, staycation and development of uh, tourism, rescuing the tourism industry. Here in the second part of the programme, stick around. The weather, cloudy periods at first, mainly fine during the day, temperatures up to about 28 degrees. Uh, and the outlook mainly fine tomorrow and hot uh, again, 24 degrees at the moment, relative humidity is now at 84%. with the electrical supply grid that is linked to the enrichment facility.
5: The electricity supply was cut off. Fortunately, there were no casualties or contamination and there is no specific problem.
2: You're listening to the news on RTHK.
4: Welcome back. This is Bank Chat this Monday morning with Mike Rouse and me, Hugh and We're continuing to talk about aspects of uh, COVID uh, in uh, Hong Kong uh, in particular. Later, we're going to be talking to uh, an expert on uh, tourism about this uh, initiative from the uh, Tourism Board, Staycation uh, Delights. Uh, what do you think of that? Uh, do you think uh, what do you think of the state of the uh, the tourism industry? How can you uh, revive or even let um, uh, the uh, the industry stick around? Um, your thoughts are very welcome. You can call us on two three three eight eight two six six. You can go to our Facebook page that's backchat and RTHK Radio Three, or you can email us backchat at RTHK uh, with your thoughts. Uh, Dan, thanks very much for your comment on on uh, Facebook um, about um, the. an IATA uh, travel pass. Uh, I think that's something we could perhaps put to uh, uh, Brian King uh, later. We're talking, first of all, to uh, a doctor, so we're focusing on medical issues. We have uh, Dr Alvin Chan, co-chair of the Advisory Committee on Communicable Diseases of the uh, Hong Kong Medical Association. Um, uh, Dave says, uh, I simply won't take the risk to get COVID when staying in local hotels for vacation. We have to stay home as far as as possible, even when we are on vacation until the public situ- health situation returns to normal. That uh, is uh, Dave's uh, thought. Uh, okay. John says, um, a small typo error was introduced in the comment by Robin about Epoch Times the name of the Falun Gong affiliated TV station is in fact NTD TV New Tang Dynasty TV and not NDTV which is New Delhi Television um, thanks very much for that correction John because I was googling NDTV and I couldn't find out why New Delhi, what <laughs> New Delhi television had to do with anything I was trying to read between the lines but couldn't come up with anything. Um, anyway, uh, John also says it's also worth noting that Epoch Times came up in a comment from Q anon Mike. This is no surprise Because during the Trump administration, both of these news outlets moved from being purely interested in China and Falun Gong to being major staples of Trump world lies and fantasies. They have zero credibility with any serious observer. That is uh, from uh, John. Uh MT says, why are direct flights from India continuing to Hong Kong? The government was quick to ban direct flights from the UK, resulting in a de facto 42-day quarantine. But no action as India cases spike alarmingly. That is uh, from uh, MT. And uh, <laughs> Din, with the subject line constipation side effect, <laughs> says... If Rouse gets this side effect after his second jab, who will notice? (laughs) Well, I I guess my toilet paper (laughs) provider. Uh, Dean says, I, for one, am happy to hear that the SARG is giving up its 7.5 million doses of AstraZeneca. This not-for-profit, inexpensive vaccine should not go to governments which can afford to buy for-profit vaccines and which apparently don't really want them anyway. Keep AstraZeneca for poor countries which appreciate the philanthropy of the uh, Oxford jab. That, as I say, uh, is from uh, Din. Thanks very much indeed for for, uh, all those uh, emails. One more. From uh, Matthew, uh, who says, Back on the politics, I fully agree that Bank Chat is a better program than Morning Brew, but in all seriousness, I think attempting to humorously pass off the cancellation of Steve Vines from his long running slot as a promotion to Backchat is a bit of a gutless sidestep, which further diminishes the credibility of RTHK, Backchat, and our beloved host, Hugh Chiverton. Steve Vines himself has publicly stated he was cancelled because of his relatively mild political views. Why not respect listeners by just being honest? If the real issue is balance, then why is it impossible for a public broadcaster to get a pro-government official or supporter onto Morning Brew? Um, That's a different question, Matthew. I don't understand the logic of that statement. Uh, Regular Backchat listeners will know full well that pro-government guests have been deliberately withdrawn from this programme, leaving only peripheral commentators like Andrew Lung and Holok Sam. Will the same rationale be used to cancel Backchat? Um, That's from uh, Matthew. Thanks very much indeed for that. Backchat at rthk.hk. We hope we'll get Steve on uh, Wednesday and he can speak for himself. I guess he could. He usually does. (laughs) not sure who else would speak for
5: him. Dr. Chan, uh, good morning again. What can we do to persuade people? It's obvious that people are sort of wary of government uh, support for vaccination, um, although I did, I did see a lot of people queuing up yesterday, uh, obviously made the uh, reservations, but we've got to get this vaccination rate up. What kind of incentive makes sense?
3: Well, I think the government has to avoid those negative measures that um, would um, aggravate the hesitancy of the citizens or residents towards uh, vaccinations. Now, most of the, uh, citizens that hesitate to get the vaccines, first, is because of the worry about the side effects, and second, is that they are not sure about these new techniques of, uh, say, beyond tech, would be uh dangerous in the future and third is because they they didn't have confidence in say the vaccines without transparency or the government without transparency uh, transparency on the data of the vaccines so i think the government had to improve uh, In its transparency in uh, disclosing the matters about the vaccines. So, for example, uh, when the government had to suddenly announce that uh, there were packaging defects of the Beyond two weeks ago, it's not quite transparent. Uh, It didn't disclose what steps were really defective? Who had discovered the defects? And what happened to the defective bottles? And then how was the um, investigation being carried out uh, when the bottles, defective birth bottles were disposed? And all these um, non transparency would increase the doubts in the minds of the citizens. And then they would not have confidence in uh, getting the vaccines of the Biontech, even after the Biontech was reintroduced. So, I, I think uh, it is very important uh, for the um, public uh, relations uh, measures to be uh, transparent and also to be uh, non biased. And uh, secondly, I, I think uh, up till now, we still had not really heard from Biontech what had happened. It's always related. Uh, the information was only relayed by uh, Hong Kong government or the uh, Fosan, which is not the vaccine producer. So uh, I think uh, this transparency is important. I'm still waiting for the statement from BioNTech. And uh, also, uh, I think uh, the government would do good to all the citizens if they would publish every day about... The um, mortality rate of people in Hong Kong dying from heart attack and uh, strokes, and not just every time when somebody had died, and then they uh, reported that, oh, he had uh, been vaccinated uh, 23 days ago, and that catch caught that, that just catch the attention of all the citizens. But in fact, they then uh, later they would say that, oh, it's just not unusual. Is uh, every day there are right. many people who have died. But if they publish these data every day and make it a routine, then people would know that ah, oh, I see, is just uh, uh, then not really uh, unusual, not extraordinary. That's because
5: a lot of comments in that area about yes. oh, so and so had a heart attack, and two, three weeks before he'd he'd had a vaccination. case
4: today, yeah. In I report. mean,
5: uh, how many people have a heart attack every day? How many people yeah. have blood clots discovered every day? This is, the, I think, the point you're making—that these are these are common occurrences in daily life. Yeah, Not... but
3: the, but the negative impact on such. Uh, uh, um, uh, selective reports on uh, so-called uh, deaths after vaccinations would uh, increase uh, would 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 increase the doubts in the minds of the citizens about the um, uh, the poor out I mean the uh, adverse outcomes of uh, vaccinations, mm. which is not scientifically founded. Right. Yeah. So.
4: Or, so. Uh, or, or what? What about some kind of incentive? Or What about some kind of you know advantage? Discount access to yes. certain services or something?
3: <laughs> yes, I think, say, if those those who have got uh, the vaccinations, they could uh, they visit their family members in the old-aged homes, they could go to the hospitals uh, more readily to visit their relatives in the hospitals, or they could travel even if they could succeed to have the bilateral agreement with mainland and also with places like sing singapore to uh revitalize the uh the, the talks with australia new zealand singapore thailand etc on these uh so-called vaccine passports but of course uh, that really uh, needs first of all that uh the control in hong kong is really uh, reasonably good like now and also uh then uh, it is the uh really the the, the efforts Uh, to be made by the government bureaus on the tourism and also for the economics uh, 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 revival. Because
5: the deterrent Uh, effect is is the quarantine, isn't it? I mean, if I could go freely to Macau and and maybe have a test on arrival, but if I had to have two or three weeks in a hotel back in Hong Kong, that's the end of it. I'm not going to go.
3: Yeah, so... so that's why the uh, herd immunity or more people getting vaccinated is important. If uh, Macau or mainland China, they always could see that, oh, you still only had only 8% of your population got the vaccination of the first jab on, only, and then only 3% having the second jab, then they won't believe that Hong Kong really could have a good control mm. of the pandemic. But, uh, say, even in Macau, they have a much higher percentage of coverage of the uh, vaccination. So I, I think uh, we need to pick up the rate of uh, vaccination. And if we couldn't really get the trust of Macau or mainland, how could we get the trust from other countries?
5: Right. So we, we, The focus should be getting trust from our fellow family members, the mainland yes. and Macau.
3: Yes, then then the government has to give more incentives that, that they would really promise. They give some promise that if we have say, for example, if we have 30 uh, percent of vaccination rate, we have more confidence of getting the um, bilateral travel bubble with other countries, mm-hmm. etc. And we could definitely let you visit your uh, relatives in hospitalised or in the old age home, or let go to school full time, etc. These could be given as promises, but now the government rarely would give
4: promises. Hmm. Well, Dr Chan, thank you very much indeed for joining us once again. Alvin Chan there is a co-chair of the Advisory Committee on Communicable Diseases of the Hong Kong Medical Association. Uh, on the uh, $5,000 uh, voucher... Uh, plans for that getting a little bit more concrete uh should be emerging over the summer and the, the providers have been named uh joe angry in an email says five thousand dollars you talk about it for six months are you extracting the urine from the poor do you know how much 2 your contract is for the internet do you know how much school books are do you know how much electric and water are if you went on- if you weren't spending $300 for your hotel food and $1,000 on your hotel, have you any idea how much junk food is? Have you any idea how much yum cha is? Don't insult the public with $5,000. That is from uh, Joe Angry. Well, let's talk about uh, travel issues, and in particular the uh, the staycation uh, package that the Tourism Board uh, has uh, uh, introduced at the uh, weekend. We're joined now by Brian King, uh, Professor in the School of Hotel and Tourism Management at the Polytechnic University. Professor King, good morning to you. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Good morning, Hugh. Good
4: morning, Mike. Thanks very much indeed for for uh, joining us. Um, so, uh, so this uh, staycation uh, delights program, which means that uh, people who uh, uh, who spend at least eight hundred dollars uh, over the next couple of months uh, at uh, various uh, retail or dining outlets can get a five hundred dollar discount on a hotel staycation package. Uh, one of the uh, measures that the tourism board is uh, is using to try and encourage staycations and, and so on in in Hong Kong. What what do you make of this? What do you make of the uh, stay? business
1: well this vacation business has been one of the, the few bright spots in you know the disaster for the industry so the inbounds 99% down but we have seen Hong Kongers uh, going and staying in hotels and resorts in fairly substantial numbers particularly at weekends so I think this is really a promotional campaign to an extra bit of stimulus to, to get more Hong Kongers excited about the prospect of checking out the hotels. And, you know, with uh, 300 hotels and 84,000 rooms in Hong Kong, that's a lot of capacity mm. to fill with, uh, with no inbound tourism. So it's, it's a big shift uh, in, in the market from inbound to, to local.
5: Absolutely. And uh, good, morning. I, good both, morning. I should mention that both you and I have done a staycation even before the new scheme was, was brought forward. Um, I tell you, relatively, I stayed in a small guest house. Hugh told me he stayed in the Peninsula Hotel. So I guess he made more of a contribution to the tourism industry than I did. Um, why, why do we need incentives to do that? I, people are so, got cabin fever. They just want to get out, get, get away from home for a weekend.
1: <clears throat> well, 84,000 rooms is a lot to fill, though, you know. So, yes, it was going, uh, not badly, but you know, you need to spread this through the week as well. Uh, some wow. hotels have been busy at weekends, but, you know, deserted during midweek. So something, a stimulus like this gets people talking, it gets them hoarding all their uh, their, um, their vouchers from the tills, and it gets people talking. And, and I think the other thing is it affects both ends. As you said, with the, the top end hotels like Peninsula, the incentive is pretty small, but once the client gets inside the property, then they spend money on spas and all kinds of things. Whereas if you're staying at a, a $500 a night property, then basically it's free. So it covers a pretty wide spectrum, which, uh, you know, makes it of interest to the whole community, which is
4: which is good, I think. Okay, is um, an email from Jay who says, My heart weeps for the hotel industry. After booking my staycation on the internet, with most hotels being full, I then found not only were they selling one and a half beds, if you travel with kids, you'll have to pay the price for another bed. As for the price of food in hotels being two and 300% that of the street, this is not helping the poor. This is just sucking money for the sake of greed. That comes uh, from uh, Jay any comment on that brian king first of all i mean uh yeah my understanding was that the occupancy rate in lots of hotels was was very good now because of the staycation plans is that is that correct and then what about the argument that why are we helping out the hotel industry uh when there were a lot of people who are you know in need in more more dire need i guess
1: well, I mean, it's a fair point about, you know, helping the poor. But there's also many people on low incomes working in the, the hotel and allied industries. That that has been the sector that's worst impacted by COVID-19. High levels of unemployment. A lot of people on unpaid uh, leave. And, yeah, sure, of course, some hotels will have big markups and people don't like that. Uh, but, again, back to the $500 a night place, uh, uh, a client can get their vouchers, uh, re- redeem the whole 500 dollars, and they can eat street food if they want so so for uh, a, a more modest income uh, person that they can still enjoy this without paying extras so so I, I think it's got that comprehensiveness which is which is important it's not just for the rich
5: could we somehow link these things but would people have more confidence if the hotel staff were vaccinated
1: Um, well, certainly with the teachers you know uh, we 've seen the, the uh, discussions about teachers getting vaccinated, and yes, over time, I think worldwide we 'll see more of the, um, the the tourism frontline staff uh, uh, feeling a bit of pressure to be vaccinated um, you know there 's ethical issues to do with employer and the and the employee there, uh, but there 'll certainly be a move towards that. Uh, Not compulsory, I think, in Hong Kong, but um, there will be an increasing proportion of frontliners, I think.
5: Well, it's interesting that you say that because I've been toying with this for some time. You want your hotel license renewed. uh, That's fine. But we want, before we issue that or before we issue your renewed restaurant license, all the staff have to be vaccinated.
1: Well, this may this may happen in due course. I mean, I think what's happened so far is that the hotels uh, have focused more on hygiene measures, you know, uh, deep cleaning um, and temperature checks, all that type of thing. That, that's been the main focus and even depressurized rooms too, that are like intensive care so that right. the client feels very, uh, very safe. But um, as we get closer to immunity but we're not there yet there will be some pressure on the industry uh, to to tighten up its game
5: and what about passports i know the who uh, said they don't like them um i think we've had a professor on air on this program say he doesn't like them either he thinks they're discriminatory but isn't this the way the travel industry is going to go
1: Well, it will be very hard to do this on a global scale and I think this is where maybe the travel bubbles come in first because two jurisdictions will be uh, focusing on what requirements to put in place for people to cross the borders. Uh, That will just require, say with Australia and New Zealand, they now have their travel bubble or you've got Taiwan and Palau, so I, I think it'll happen at that level first to get it globally is going to require negotiations between the airlines, between the governments, the health, uh, so many different parties involved in getting this so-called passport. So the the term passport's a bit unfortunate because it sounds like something uh, global, but I, I think it'll be more bottom-up, right. and then there will be discussions at global level, but to get uh, real agreements is going to take quite a while, I think.
4: Yeah, so, so on that, um, IATA, which is the um, what is it? it's the International Association of... Uh, Air Transport Association. A- Air Transport Association, thank you very much indeed. So they've got this IATA travel pass uh, initiative, Dan, in, in our comments on Facebook, draw our t- attention to this, which is, uh, you know, tackling uh, many of those issues. I mean, we do have, you know, international standards uh, for air travel, lots and lots of yep. rules which are applicable all over the world. So if you have a body like uh, IATA seeking to um, to get those uh, in line, getting the governments, the airlines, the laboratories, um, travellers and so on, to, to getting an IATA pass, it should not be impossible.
1: Well, it, certainly IATA is an important party in this. I mean, it's not universal. It doesn't cover all the airlines. But it's got that whole history of all the official legacy carriers being being IATA, so it's a good forum to get these conversations going and as you say, the airlines certainly where it's air transport as opposed to surface transport, they're important gatekeepers in the who goes from one place Cause, I mean we are, have lots
4: of international standards don't we? We have, have recognised regulations which are applicable everywhere you fly they follow the same rules um, uh, can't we just sort of introduce new rules? Yeah um,
1: it's a little bit harder than that because some countries, I'm thinking somewhere like Saudi Arabia, did not even have, you know, tourist passports until a, a, a year ago, tourist visas. Uh, so uh, individual countries are quite protective about who they let in and who they let out uh, and, and who's in particular uh, category. So the, the decision making goes beyond um, health issues only, uh, but obviously in the current environment, then health becomes uh, a very very critical uh, part. Like, so, then, so yes, progress, but not not easy to not easy to achieve it uh, universally.
5: Because if 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 a country is saying it doesn't want visitors, or is going to be very restrictive, then it doesn't matter if it has a health regulation on top of that, does it? Say okay, we're only going to let this five percent in, meeting these conditions. And in addition, they must have a vaccination certificate.
1: That's not yeah, going to sure. Make a big... And then, and then, some countries are being quite liberal. So the Maldives, I think, is opened up, and a lot of people in India, where there has been outbreaks, are, are kind of fleeing to the Maldives to get away from the, uh, the, the 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 hotter conditions at home. So so countries are opening up at different rates, and, and some that are particularly dependent on tourism are really opening their doors quite quickly.
5: One of the features of our statistics in the last few weeks has been the very high proportion of imported cases. The the local cases have been one, two, maybe three on a bad day, but in double figures on imported cases. And the subcontinent, India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, has been pretty bad in that respect.
1: Well, I think about the imported cases, that's where the the importance of quarantine and testing at the airports uh, comes in, because it gives the destination, you know, you you can't stop imported cases, but but if you can kind of stop them at the border then uh, and put that category in quarantine, that's the whole principle, you know, through the centuries of quarantine, you you put that group of people separate from the wider population and and thereby, you know, slow the, the spread.
5: What about the U- UK returnees? They've been complaining that they're sort of it's very hard to get on a flight and then when they get here they're packed off into very small hotels. That, should there be a wider choice? Could there be a wider choice of hotels?
1: Well, that's probably an issue of, you know, uh, cost. Um, certainly the range of quarantine hotels that uh, have been arranged with the government is fairly wide. I think there's 40-odd quarantine hotels, and they cover really quite a wide uh, spectrum. So I'm, I'm not specifically sure about returnees from the U.K., whether they're taken to particular
4: hotels. But I think they it, are. It only one, me, I think. Uh, for them. Uh-huh. Okay, uh, okay. So,
1: so I think in general the range of hotels is pretty good, but uh, maybe some groups have got legitimate grievances that they, they don't get access to that whole uh, range.
4: Okay, a couple more comments from listeners. John says, the discussion earlier focused on why we need to earn the trust of governments like those in Macau and the mainland by showing zero new COVID cases. Well, that is certainly desirable, but there is plenty that Hong Kong can do on its own, like change the unreasonably strict Hong Kong quarantine requirement for people who can document their vaccination. This would allow Hong Kong people to go on holiday to places that open up, like Australia and New Zealand and the Maldives and some European countries, and then return to Hong Kong without bearing the crushing burden of three weeks in a hotel we don't need to have all this negotiated in advance just do it for God's sake it makes sense for Hong Kong people and will provide a huge (coughs) incentive for people to go get vaccinated that is uh, from uh, John Mark says wouldn't it be a great idea to uh, offer the vaccine to those returning permanent residents during their 21 days quarantine if they're negative on entry would undoubtedly get higher occupancy rates in Hong Kong everybody would come home to spend some money Uh, that comes uh, from uh, Mark, um, thank you very much indeed for, for uh, joining us uh, this morning. Uh, Brian King, there, Professor King, from the School of Hotel and Tourism Management at the uh, Polytechnic University. Uh, many thanks. And, uh, Mike, many thanks to you. It's um, not often that we're, that we're examples of both halves of the show, is it? No. <laughs> Model... <laughs> models. Model citizens. Model citizens. Uh, The weather uh, before we go. Oh, sorry. Yeah. One more comment. This is from a CK uh, who says uh, this is uh, discussing the uh, risks, uh, uh, the weighing up benefits versus potential risk of the AstraZeneca vaccine. Uh, CK says, let me put this in context for listeners. The risk of thrombosis after taking the AstraZeneca vaccine is four per million. The risk of death is one per million, which is the same probability as dying from a car accident after driving 250 miles in the UK. The chance of thrombosis in the general population in the UK is 1,000 per million, and for young women it's 100 per million. For those young women taking the contraceptive pill is 400 per million. The benefit outweighs the risk for those above 30 in the UK. And the daily death from stroke and heart disease in hong kong which is something you asked mike that's 24.8 a day yeah surprisingly high uh ck many many thanks for uh, those figures uh i haven't double checked i assume they're i assume they're good uh the weather cloudy periods at first mainly fine during the day temperatures up to about 28 degrees the outlook mainly fine tomorrow and hot 24 degrees now relative humidity is at 81 percent All of
5: us hope to live in a stable environment. National security is essential for the prosperity of society. Upholding national security for harmonious and better living requires the concerted efforts of all who love the country and Hong Kong. Improve electoral system. Ensure patriots
7: administering Hong Kong. April the 15th, National Security Education Day. Uphold national security. Safeguard our home. To know more, please visit
4: www.nseed.gov.hk. 9.31, the news now with Samantha Butler.
2: More than a dozen people who say they're victims of forced confessions broadcast on Chinese television have signed a letter urging a European satellite operator to stop mainland state-run broadcasts. The signatories include a former British consulate staffer in Hong Kong as well as the daughter of jailed Hong Kong bookseller Guimin Hai. Researchers in Brazil say more than half the patients with COVID-19 in intensive care are under 40. The Brazilian Association of Intensive Care Medicine said more younger patients were arriving with no pre-existing conditions and were developing more severe cases of the virus. And Israeli Public Radio says the country has carried out a cyber attack on an Iranian nuclear facility. Citing unidentified intelligence sources, the report on Khan Radio said the Mossad spy agency carried out a cyber operation at the Natanz nuclear plant, which had launched new uranium enrichment centrifuges. I'll have more news at ten o'clock. It's time right now on Radio Three to say good morning to Phil Whelan and his guests on the Morning Brew. Hello, hello, Phil. How are you? Well, not too bad at all. Good morning. morning. you
7: Hello. You never Facebook chat with me, Phil. Good morning. It's got the
6: Tom
2: and Jerry type violence.
6: It's a great
7: experience if you just want to get a bit of zing.
2: On your radio and live online. This is the Morning Brew. Good morning.
7: Good morning and welcome to Monday. Here on the Morning Brew, back on it again. I hope you had a lovely weekend. Well, we start off as usual after 10 with rugby time from Hong Kong Rugby's CEO, Robbie McRobbie. After that, Tracy Kwan and New York correspondent for this week's news from the Big Apple. After 11 today, sports broadcaster and columnist Tim Noonan joins us live from Florida. Very excited with news of possibly the greatest Asian sporting victory ever and after 11:30 New York Times best-selling author Paul French reads the first of four more abridged chapters from his new book Destination Peking especially for Morning Brew today up on the roof with Wallace Simpson See, between the world wars, the Grand Hotel de Peking was one of the best hotels in Asia. A must-stop for every famous person that visited Beijing, and of course some not-so-famous ones. And among them, in the 1920s, was a young woman from Baltimore, fleeing a failed marriage in China, and who would eh, one day marry a king, of course, causing one of the greatest scandals of the 20th century. You'll be able to listen to this one on Facebook Live as well.
3: Carry on, but I'm crushed under the weight of the world where I
0: belong, but I don't feel at home. Yeah, when it's
3: over, when it's done, when we're standing at the gates,
0: will we see the Different kind of same. How do we get to the bottom of this?